0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Barefoot Mediator Podcast, news and views from Jane Gunn and guests. In this episode, I speak with Jamie Arbib, who is co-founder of RethinkX, an independent think tank that forecasts the speed and scale of technology-driven disruption and its implications across society. So welcome, Jamie! Thank you, Jane. So, Jamie, tell us a little bit about what you do. You work for you're part of an organisation called Rethink X, and um, I know at the times we're living in, we need to rethink a lot of a lot of problems that are affecting society. So, what does Rethink X do, and where does your passion for what it does come from?
1: Yeah, so, so Rethink X is a is a research group. Uh, I mean, I guess a think tank if you want to call it that. Um, and and we look at technology disruption and and the impact on society, um, and and really what we're doing is we're taking a kind of complex systems approach to understanding how change happens. Um, so how fast change happens, but also the, the scale and the impact. So as you know, one small part of society changes, how it can how it can kind of cascade out across the rest of society and change all kinds of things. I think. Um, you know, my, my 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 interest in this actually came from from my involvement in the environmental movement. You know, years and years ago, where you know I was I was on one side investing in in clean technologies, uh, and and you know that's going back to about two thousand and three, so you know quite some time ago. Um, and, and 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 you know after after a few years of involvement in the in the clean tech space, I got very involved in the environmental movement, and I was supporting a lot of NGOs and charities that were were working on on kind of financial systems change how do we how do we move capital away from the kind of dirty polluting industries and towards a, you know the the, the the new industries and I think you know what i what I began to see in that in, in the environmental narrative was 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 a, a kind of doom and gloom that i didn't feel feel was warranted by the progress in technology and I, I got much more into kind of complex systems thinking and I got much more into um, I, I got much more into it in, well, into the technology space and 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 and, and, and um and, and, and you know what I was seeing were were you know solutions to a, a lot of the environmental and, 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 and climate change problem that we face uh, um, coming from technology and that, that we were gonna see you know over the course of of, of the twenty twenties just the most extraordinary disruptions, just you mm-hmm. know, just solar PV and electric vehicles and new forms of food production dropped in costs they would begin to just outcompete, you know, the existing solutions. And we didn't need this kind of suite of um, interventions, you know, techno-fixes like carbon capture and storage or regulation tax subsidy and, and or even behavior change, the idea that somehow, you know, we can solve climate change by giving up consumption. I mean, that was the mm. most because of all in some ways, the idea that somehow we can reduce our consumption to zero or even below zero, actually, where we have to get to. Uh, by giving up consumption. I mean, it's it, it's just you know economically unfeasible, and 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 you know would cause suffering on a scale, you know, just, just unprecedented in human history. But it would also destroy all the capital we need to build our new food system, our new energy system, our new transport system. So, um, I, I ran into a guy called Tony Sieber in Washington when we were both um, um, invited along to 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 talk to the U.S. military about a kind of scenario they were they were running, and 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 Tony and I kind of had a meeting of minds, really. And, you know, both of us were, were feeling that we had these disruptions that were going to come to healthcare and finance and transport and, and, and food production that, that were completely unrecognized by kind of mainstream commentators. Because we tend to have this very linear mindset, we tend to just um, extrapolate not just the kind of the cost of uh, and, and the capabilities of technologies there and their adoption rates into the future, but all the kind of conditions in society. So we, you know, we look at the world and we, we see this kind of gradual incremental progress, this gradual incremental change. When, in fact, in, in, in the real world, you know, change doesn't happen like that. It happens much faster. You get, it goes very slowly to start with. And then you get some um, feedback loops kick in that just accelerate change. You know, the new technologies get cheaper. You get more economies of scale, more demand. You get more investment more ingenuity applied, and, 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 and suddenly this runaway process of improvement in both cost and capability. I you mean, know, you know, an industry gets transformed. And conversely, the old industry goes the other way, crashes and, 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 and breaks down. And that's the technology S-curve, and that's what happens in, 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 you know, every technological disruption. You get this kind of rapid period of change. And the system that comes out at the other end is just a totally different system to the old system. So it's not, you know, a car is not just a faster horse. It creates all kinds of new possibilities and travel further and faster and do all kinds of things you couldn't possibly do with the old technology. And, and, and so it's that scale of change that gets missed by, by mainstream forecasters as well. So, you know, after, after you know, months of chatting with Tony, we decided we had no choice but to set up a, a, a not-for-profit research group that could provide some of this analysis and data that would help decision makers across society make better decisions. Because mm-hmm. our, our insight was that, we, you know, we're, we're taking decisions on totally false and faulty um, expectations of, 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 of the future. And we need to understand just the sheer range of possibilities that are opening up ahead of us. You know, it's not going to be a kind of gentle progression into the future with all our systems and, and, and um, you know, everything in society remaining the same. Everything is going to change and, and we have no idea what's coming. So that's a, that's a background to, uh, to what I'm doing today.
0: Gosh, fascinating, kind of scary listening to you saying, you know, how quickly things are going to change, but also I feel then hugely optimistic and thinking from what you said, you know, you see great potential that we're not on this sort of doom, doom laden (laughs) carriage hurtling towards an abyss, but there are all sorts of things and ways of rethinking what's happening that seem to give you great hope for the future.
1: Yeah, I mean there is great hope, but there's also great peril ahead. And I, I think what's happening today um, is that our current system, our, our kind of industrial system, is 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 breaking down, right? Yes. And, and, and 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 it's coming to the end of the end of its life. And it's like every previous civilization in some ways. I mean, we're kind of hardwired to, to grow, to progress. You know, in a world of scarcity, in a world of extraction, which is our current model of production, where we kind of harness scarce resources from around the world processes them in, you know into the things we need with huge inefficiencies there's you know you're in a competitive world and if you don't progress fast someone else does and they overtake you and and this is why you know in our current model you know concepts like socialism and com- communism haven't worked they, they, they kill the incentives to progress and they so we can't we can't live in a in a very equal way or a very sustainable way because you know someone else won't <laughs> they'll get ahead of us and they'll come to come to conquest. But what's happening today, what these new technologies represent is a totally new model of production, a totally new system of production. So instead of breaking down these resources that we gather from around the world, we can now create locally from super abundant resources, everything we need. So, you know, the energy system, you know, once we build built all the solar and wind that we need, you know, we don't need anything else. You know, we, we get all the electrons, photons we need um in in pretty much any part of the world and, and same with the food system we have the molecules and the cells out of which we can grow um you know pretty much any type of you know complex organic molecule proteins and and, and lipids and, and 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 everything else so um and and same for materials so we're in this extraordinary world now where we think actually there's a fundamentally different model Emerging, that you know, w- where all those old tensions and an extraction-based system break down, where there's a, always a trade-off between social outcomes, like equality, and 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 environmental outcomes and economic outcomes. Um, you, you know, you can't have everything. Is, this is why we call them wicked problems. It's a sort of tension between them all. But it, this new system acts like you know, it's kind of like cutting the Gordian knot. You know, those tensions go away, and 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 you know, we're not constrained in the same way we are in the current system. And, and, and suddenly we can live well within the planetary boundaries and, and, and real equality and, and, and freedom become possible. Um, and, and, and so, you know, it is, it is an optimistic view, but it's only one pathway. You know, there are all kinds of things we have to do before we can follow that pathway. And it's, not, it's certainly not going to be easy. And, 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 you know, I mean one of the first challenges is to recognize where we are and what the possibilities are and how fast this change might happen. And I think that's one of the, you know, that this is one of the major problems facing society. And it, it, it's a problem that, you know, we see in, in businesses as they're getting disrupted, but it's also a problem that civilizations face as they as they come to the end of their lives, is that you know, we we can't see outside the box of our current mindsets, our current yeah. way of thinking. And so, you know, disruption of it if it comes, comes from outside. It's people with a clean sheet of paper, a fresh star oh, that can look at things in another way and understand the scale of the possibilities. And I think you know, the challenge for us today is to, is, is, is to kind of rethink everything at some level. You know, the, the old models of thought that we have, are, are the old way that we see the world is just, um, just outdated or it's not a match. You know, it didn't evolve with this kind of creation-based system of production. So, so, so that's going to be a major challenge for us over the next few years.
0: So I wonder, Jamie, then where the blocks, you know, yes, there's optimism, but as you said, there's also great peril. And, you know, which of those paths do we go down? Or how do we avoid, avoid the path of great peril? And it seems to me that there are several groups that need to be rethinking their approach. One is politicians and those that sort of guide us, but the rest is, you know, humanity as a whole or societies who need to see the rapidity of this change and then how do they themselves need to shift their own thinking to adjust to new ways and, and new approaches and, and new ways of thinking altogether?
1: Yeah I mean, it, I mean it's a challenge for society as a whole as you say it's not just a politician I think I think you know the, the models of thought we have are, are so ingrained we don't really even see them I mean they, they you know they, they, they essentially emerge out of the scientific revolution I mean if you, if you look at our society today the way we govern ourselves, the way we manage ourselves, the way we think about the world—it's not very different to, to how it was, you know, 200 years ago in the, in the early days of the Industrial Revolution. And it's a—it's a kind of reductionist mindset. You know, we break down the incredible complexity of the world into these kind of manageable pieces, uh, and we understand those individual pieces in great detail. You know, right down to the subatomic level. And that's been—you know—it's been incredibly successful. It's created extraordinary progress. Um, and, 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 and led to the world we live in today and, and, and um, but, but the flip side of that is you lose the connections between the pieces you know we, yes. we have little understanding of complexity and how the interactions between the parts um, play out and, and, and I think you know whilst we've been in what we think of as an, an equilibrium phase a, a kind of stable phase for the last 200 years that's been fine. Um, you know the, the cascading consequences haven't really cost us but we're getting to a point now. Where, where they do, where we're exceeding our limits. And we need to be aware of the, the interactions and the, and, and the cascading effects of our, of, of, of our actions. So, you know, it's at every level, we think that, that, that we need to begin to understand complexity. We need to, we need to add to that incredible understanding of the pieces, this, this kind of much more holistic understanding of the interactions between the parts. Um, and, 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 you know, that goes for governments as much as business and as much as individuals. It's only when you understand that can you see the possibilities that are emerging, both good and bad, and begin to plot your way through it. And also understand the kind of the underlying processes that are driving change. I think you know we, we tend to just look at the surface and the, mm. and the data and the trends and you know in a very localized way, both you know, geography, domain and time. we have you need to expand our view to see the to see the whole and to understand the processes that are sort of operating, you know, deep below the surface. Um,
0: Fascinating. I, I, and Jamie, we're living in a time of, uh, you know, one of the specific changes that's affected us this last year is, among others, is is COVID. And yes, it's a virus, but it also seems to, um, it, it also seems to summarise you know things that aren't working in society, whether that's healthcare or nutrition, or you know a number of other things that sit beneath the surface of this that we're not looking at. I think, and I wonder what your sort of thoughts on that are.
1: Yeah, and I, I think you're right. I mean, I think I think you know the virus has highlighted you know the need to understand you know complexity. I mean, you know. Well, you know, we see the kind of, the, you know, the progress of a virus, that you know, how exponential you get that the S-curve, essentially. It's that, that very rapid infection curve that goes up very rapidly and comes down very rapidly. But it's also, you know, the effect on on the rest of society. So you see, um, you know, we see how, how um, you know, our decision-making tends to kind of break down, you know, everything in society into these little chunks. So, we, you know, we, we tend to look just at... Um, you know, say infections or, or, or hospitalizations or deaths over a, you know, set period of time, probably a few months. And we don't look at the cascading consequences of any of our actions. So yeah, it, it, it's 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 difficult. I can't say for sure whether, you know, I mean, I don't think the data is particularly conclusive about, you know, how many deaths we've saved through lockdowns, but, you know, almost certainly we're creating, you know, we're causing other ones and we're causing um, other problems further down the road, partly because we have less money. We've borrowed a huge amount of money and we'll have less money to pay on healthcare in the future. And we just don't know. We don't look at that. That's not, that's not taken into account. We see purely you know, the here and now, and we look through a very narrow lens. And, and, and I think um, you know, it's similar to, 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 to other kinds of problems. I mean, it's, it's, it's what we've seen in, 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 in medicine, actually, you know historically we have experts in eyes and we have experts in noses and bones and blood and muscles and all different parts of the body and they become incredibly expert they've lost sight of the kind of the internet connection between the whole i think there's a a dawning realization actually that the mind is equally important as is the gut and and the interactions between the parts are incredibly important and and and, and actually what's making us sick is because we've got out of whack and you know we get you know we've become you know we've become a beast so we become Stress and all these things leave us far more exposed to um you know bad outcomes from from getting infected by the virus and and I, and I think it's that sort of holism that's really important if we want to make you know optimal decisions and understand how to govern and manage society. and the other thing i'll say is that you know when time <laughs> when times get tough you know when times are difficult we have this yearning for safety and security Like right? yes. we just want to be taken care of and we just yes. want to feel like Government or whoever it is 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 in control of this, and we've got some kind of control. And you know that's a dynamic that we see in civilizations as they begin to, you know, fall apart. Where you know this is why dictators or populist leaders often come in in very uncertain times, because they offer some kind of certainty, and some kind of security, and some kind of meaning in very troubled times. Um, So you know, uh, you get to a point where you know just you need kind of adaptability, the ability to change when things get difficult. You actually lose your adaptability, You become much more rigid and much less able to to embrace change and to to experiment. And I think that's a, you know, there's a sort of tragic irony in that. And I think we're in danger of coming into that phase now where we just want to be told it's okay and we can just, you know, just kind of get on with things. And it's it's a very natural human instinct. I think one of the biggest challenges we face is to be open to experimentation, open to change. You know, in a complex system, Mm. you just can't predict the outcomes. Mm. it's just not possible you know they're emergent you don't know where where you're going to end up and the only way you can understand the outcome of any choice is to experiment
0: mm.
1: and my feeling is we should be doing that across society at every level um you know running all kinds of experiments that, that, that allow us to understand the you know the, the, the cascading effects of decisions and and um and we're not and we can't and and we centralized power we've made it much much more difficult for us to to work our way out of this mess. And I think that's, uh, for me, that's one of the biggest dangers.
0: So, this is fascinating, Jamie. And the theme of this podcast series seems to have become that, you know, it's up to us that all of us, as you say, are looking for that safety. We're looking for leaders, you know, whether it's political leaders or big corporate leaders to tell us it's okay and here's the way to go. But my sense is, and what my guests are telling me is, you know, it's up to us as individuals to step up and be leaders. And I wonder how we do that, particularly from your perspective, how do we as individuals step up and embrace change and, and feel comfortable with moving forward to embrace some of these ideas and see the possibilities rather than looking for a dictator to help us make us feel safe and that it's all going to be OK? Because that's the challenge for me, you know, if you can harness that individualism and the and and the collaborative creativity, that could help take you forward. But if we just sit back and say somebody else will sort the problem out for us, we're probably going down that road of peril.
1: Yeah, I mean, for sure, for sure. And I, I you know, I think it's, you know, I think it's incredibly difficult. The world is an incredibly confusing place today. Um, you know, on the surface, it looks like you know all kinds of unsolvable, conflicting problems are are, are around, and that there are no good answers. But you know, I, I just you know fundamentally don't believe that's that to be the truth. But but um, and 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 so I think that you know a lot of it is 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 is, is you know a lot of the solution is work at a personal level, is to to um, you know, to expand our minds, to embrace change, to open our open ourselves to new possibilities for curiosity to experimentation for all kinds of um you know interventions and 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 you know some of which are you know well within our kind of comfort zone and out of our uh, you know out of our box thinking i mean it's a horrible phrase but it's 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 kind of appropriate in this in, in, in 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 this instance and you know that's you know that's completely um well that's extremely difficult to do when you're in a you know in an unstable and, and, and painful time and I think, um, so the challenge is, is, is to work on ourselves so that we can, we can open ourselves to, 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 to new things, to change, to embrace it, to welcome it and to, to understand that we can, we can find a pathway forward that takes us to a better place because, you know, there is huge opportunity that we see emerging in, 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 in terms of what technology is going to allow us to achieve and, and, and the type of society it can create. But there's nothing predetermined about it i mean getting there is going to depend on the choices that that we make and and um a- 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 as individuals it's 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 you know it's difficult to it, you know it's often difficult to see and then difficult to accept and embrace and and and, and, and so for me that's a you know that's a fundamental challenge is, is you know how we think and how we manifest how we are
0: mm. <laughs> it's uh, I, I see a real movement here though, Jamie, of people stepping up and seeing the possibilities and being creative and then inspiring other people to to do that. I think that must be that must be the way forward. I, I ran a workshop once called What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do was exactly about that. You know, you've hit a roadblock and you wait for someone else to tell you what to do, but actually there's all sorts of creative things that you could do yourself so I, I you know i like i like that idea i wonder what your final message then would be for people given the times we're in given what we're talking about you know what what would you like people to take away from this interview
1: yeah i i, I think the biggest message is you know there is hope i mean there is yes. the, the, there is an extraordinary world out there and it will be a totally different world to the one we've inhabited it will be yes. one that's much more distributed you know much more networked much more connected in some ways. So, yeah. um, you know, the centralization that we see today is is going away. So we don't need leaders at the top of society to, to, to lead us to some promised land. It is actually about the individuals, you know, experimenting, finding the ideas, finding the ways of, 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 of organ, organizing ourselves and then spreading across the network. It's kind of, you know, I mean, I, I have a picture of kind of ants in my head right now, you know, coming up to a roadblock and trying to find their way around. And what they do is they they experiment. They go off in different directions, and they find their way. And they they communicate the messages back, and and off they go. And it's it's kind of where we are today. We need to we need to we need to learn from biology, essentially.
0: I love that, and I think maybe it's the leaders then at the top who we actually don't realise we don't need them anymore. You know, perhaps they're the ones that are going to struggle more than the ants who can find their way around the roadblock.
1: Yeah, no, I I would agree with you, and I think I think you know in some ways. You know, the scale of change is so great, you know, the greater your expertise of the old system, the more you have to unlearn. Yes. I think, I think that's a challenge for, for, for the leaders there and those, those you know, experts in whatever field they are from, you know, economics to sociology is, you know, there is a whole new system emerging. And that expertise, you know, to, to a large extent, can become redundant. And, and, and we have to let go of the kind of the, the old certainties and, and, and constructs and conceptions that we have. And, and 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 you know, work out you know how to understand this new world and how to manage it.
0: Fascinating, Jamie. Uh, thank you so much. I think if people want to, I know you've got a book called Rethinking Humanity and and a website. If people want to know more, to find you, to 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 be excited and and learn more, where do they find you and and your all your resources?
1: Yeah. So so the website is is rethinkx dot com and all our reports and our book are available for free there Um, they're also available on amazon if you want a hard copy but that that has to be paid for and 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 people can reach me on on jamie at rethinkx.com if they they want to get in contact
0: Um, brilliant a bright new future i think jamie but some hard work and definite rethinking for us all to do which is exciting i think
1: brilliant well thank you very much jamie
0: Thank you very much, Jamie. All
1: right. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues. Please do subscribe to the Barefoot Mediator podcast series. And if you would like to access my free video series for managing in times of change, challenge and crisis, and download a PDF copy of my book, How to Beat Bedlam in the Boardroom and Boredom in the Bedroom, please go to janegun.co.uk slash video. The link is in the show notes.